0: Yeah. Hello, welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. Hope you've had a great week. Uh, yesterday, Anzac Day, I'm sure that many of you went and paid your respects and uh, hopefully you won a bit of money in 2UP as well. It's the uh, the one day in Australia where 2UP is legal. Obviously, it's the game the diggers used to play uh, down in the trenches. You know, It's a good chance to, uh, to try and double your money or walk home with nothing. But I hope you had a great day. And like I said, paid your respects. Today on the Street Press Podcast, we have Lockie Pringle. He is the singer of Buffalo Paradise, but he's also uh, a fellow radio guy as well. Lockie and I met when he passed through the halls of ARN. And uh, I said g'day to him then. And turned out we had a lot in common. Obviously, he loves his radio, loves his music, loves songwriting. He loves the West Tigers. Unfortunately for him and for me, we... <laughs> We barrack for a side that hasn't won a game this season. And life is tough. Hey, we talk about that. We talk about our love for the West Tigers in this interview coming up when we get him on. Also talk about his time at Triple J. He was also a former announcer there. He uh, spent a year there after I saw him walk the halls in ARN. He uh, he got a really cool job over at Triple J. He was working all around the clock and uh, sort of building up profile there. That was before he sort of got given his job at Triple M in Sydney. So uh, his career's progressed pretty far since I, uh, I first met him in uh, in quite a short span as well, so he's done very well. We talk about Buffalo Paradise and how they they released a few singles, but. Just got stuck into an album and released an album as well so uh that's a pretty impressive thing to do with a brand new band and we also cover in this interview his acting career Lockie has got his fingers in a few pies <laughs> he's a he's a very creative fella you know he doesn't like to be held down in in one type of creative uh sphere he does it all so we uh we chat about it let's bring him on Lockie pringle from buffalo paradise triple j and triple M. Hey, it's so good to have you, Lockie. Before we start talking music and everything else, what's going on with the West Tigers?
1: <laughs> I was worried that that was how you were going to open. Can't we open on a bit of a brighter note? That feels like, um, yeah, Sean. Look, uh, it's it's almost for the best that that we've not gotten together and chatted Tigers thus far this year. I actually, I mean, at the time we we're recording this, like the day after, the day after. Mm-hmm. The, our clo- our best performance of the year, I'd say. I reckon yeah. against Manly, yeah. and for three minutes there, we were in the lead, which is something that you know we've we've it's not a rarity. we haven't known how to deal with that sort of thing uh, this year. So, you know, I'll take three minutes in front. Maybe next week we go six minutes in front. Then we just we build on it. By the end of this year, we we might put together a win.
0: Who knows? Hey, are you going to the game still?
1: I've been to a couple of the games this year. I went. I didn't get out to Campbelltown uh, yesterday, but I was. I was. Uh, I went to the Easter Monday. Uh, yep. One at Homebush. Uh, usually we Power. get flogged by the Eels there, so it was actually good that it was actually you know sort of close as well. So we've it's weird because there are years that we've actually won a few games and then been flogged in others, but this year we've we've only been flogged I think the once. So uh, yeah. call me a delusional Tigers fan, but I I, I think I think that I'm, I'm not worried. I'm not too worried. I know
0: where you're going with this. You you're saying that we're 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 so close to a win. we just haven't haven't been able to seal the deal just yet, and it feels like while the game is on. And yesterday I'm just uh, yeah I'm nearly throwing stuff at the TV like we are getting to that fifth <laughs> tackle we are getting close to scoring a try we're just not executing that that putting the ball over the tr- the most important thing.
1: Yeah, it, I mean this this could easily turn into a sports podcast I think the
0: more the more <laughs> we go on about it. I never get to talk sport on here. So um this is the first time that we've brought up my uh, real love for the Tigers and uh yeah, how you been man? What's
1: been happening? Oh, things things are good. Uh I, I don't know, there's a lot a lot of stuff going on. Much like you, I balance my uh music uh world with I guess my full time radio world. Yeah, um, yeah. uh so it's been a pretty whirlwind past few months. I've started started working at Triple M. I was at Triple J for all of last year and then got a got an amazing opportunity that was came Pretty unexpected to me to to jump over to over to Triple M, over to the, the home of rock's greatest hits, and uh, <laughs> and um, and and host Arvo's, which is incredible considering you know that at Triple J I was you know doing some late nights, doing public holidays, weekends, fill-ins. Every week looks different for me, and so to now have some kind of like stability while doing yeah. radio is pretty freaking incredible, and I'm still coming to terms with it.
0: When I when I first met you, there was a possibility you were going to be a newsreader.
1: I know, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Look, I I didn't really know what where I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. I was just looking, honestly. I was just hustling and looking for looking for experience and opportunities. Then once I got the kind of gig at Triple J, you know, the experience was invaluable.
0: It was cool. It was cool to sort of show you how we do stuff in the newsroom. But yeah, I think uh, I think you found your groove here doing uh, doing the content stuff. And how was Triple J when you got there? Were they very welcoming?
1: They were so welcoming. Yeah, the culture there is is super lovely. It's it's yeah, I, I don't have a bad word to say about it. To be honest, I had such a fun year there, and it's it's a very obviously a very young uh, kind of workforce there. Everyone there is kind of yeah. in their twenties and comedians and DJs and everyone's kind of got like something going on as well as sort of doing radio. So it's a very vibrant sort of place and everyone's sort of willing to yeah, everyone's talking about their own projects and things and um and it was just a it was just a I just it's just a place I never thought I'd ever end up once again. So I'm so thankful for the year that I had
0: there. I talked yeah. to a lot of artists on here and you know, I always sort of come back to some sort of question in the way of, you know, what was your first big break? And uh and Triple J always gets the mention. Their first break is getting on that national level on a station that goes out to the masses and goes out to the youths. It's still, after all these years, doing what it was sort of purpose built for.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think I think like especially like Triple J Unearthed is is I think in my opinion one of the most important things that they do that for, for our industry, I think it uncovers talent in a way that you don't, you know, people, I think it's it's a way to get discovered without going on a reality show for one. And then B, as we move into this age of TikTok and social media, whatever, it's a way to actually get discovered just for your song, you know, because instead of having to come up with a a, a spin on it or putting a, you know, putting yourself out there, which might not necessarily be something that you want to do, as an artist uh, or have the creativity to do because that's not what your passion is. Your passion is music. And I think that I, I really like that still it is a bare bones. It's a website you go to, you listen to a song all the way through and you leave a review and it's very simple, but it somehow still works amongst all these different changes in our industry.
0: And you've left a few reviews for the Ritzy Kids, so I'm very, very <laughs> thankful for that. So when the songs pop up, obviously you get to pick and choose as an announcer there, you know, what, what you like, what you want to review, what you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, there's there, it's, it's, it's sort of up to you. They, one thing about Triple J is the kind of complete freedom that you have. I, I feel like they encourage that, um, and even in terms of within your own shows and slots there's always room for a couple of your own choices you know they really like to have announcers on air that are you know that are talking about a gig that they went to you know underground the other night and saw these guys opening for these other guys and whatever and having their own story to put on it and I that was a big sort of responsibility that I think I took on while I was at Triple J and it's still going to be something that I that I try to take on uh just in in terms of you know I, I I think it's not a Role that I wanted to take for granted. Like, I I know as a musician how hard it is to kind of get heard in the industry. There's so much stuff out there now more than ever. The fact that people can just release their own stuff and sometimes it sounds as professionally mixed and mastered as anything. So I think there's just so much out there, which is once again a good thing and a bad thing in a way. uh, (laughs) But yeah, I, I definitely. While I was there, I wanted to be hearing as much stuff as possible while also, you know, not in a biased sort of way, but also to be helping out my mates, the the mates that I have that I know have are putting out such great music.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes, they happen to maybe there's an advantage by the fact they know me. Not that I think I was like this huge draw card anyway. I was still just spinning stuff on my show in the middle of the night half the time. But, you know, <laughs> when there's good shit out there, you should play it. <laughs> that was yes, basically my absolutely. philosophy.
0: Hey, working as a as a DJ and obviously you're a songwriter too, you're constantly listening to songs. Do you get sick of that? <laughs> or does it actually help you in your own creative sort of world?
1: I think it helps for sure. I think that like that's when stuff yep. pops into your head. That's when stuff uh that yeah, that's when you get ideas of like, oh, here's what they could have done differently. That kind of completely changes the song, kind of it leads to creating a whole new song. Uh it's really interesting though, because I think like very directly the way that I am writing music when I was at triple J compared to now when I'm at triple M, even that has directly sort of had, had an impact. I don't know. There's something about listening to Lime Cordial all day and then listening to Queen all day, you know, like, and that's not even me me saying like one is better than the other. I think it's all, you know, it's still all very subjective, but just the way that, listening to songs from the seventies and eighties and nineties inspires you in a whole different way to listening to new stuff. And I think you do need to have a balance of both to be making, you know, properly groundbreaking stuff today. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's like how my listening has directly affected my songwriting.
0: Yeah. I see, I sit at work and obviously the radio is nonstop on and, I don't know, I just pick up little things. Like you hear k sun for the 7000th time that you've heard it in your life, but you just hear it sometimes and you go, "Oh, I didn't know that they had that little piano bit there or and mm. and you do learn little take little things out. Like for another example for me is like when I used to do cover shows in, in pubs. I'd sit in corner bars and play the songs that everyone wanted to hear and I'd sort of uh, yeah. you know, get a bit bored by it um after doing three three nights every week and but then you sort of like you start you look down and you go, "So this is how simple a good song can be. So that's why I was interested about whether you do the same sort of thing with radio.
1: Mm, yeah, 100% for sure.
0: Another thing that really uh, blows me away is Buffalo Paradise, haven't been around too long. No. <laughs> Doing very well, but you've got an album, which is cool. You know, some yeah. bands just release a couple of singles, but you've got this album and uh, I played it today, start to finish. It's a really cool melodic. Awesome album. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit about it. You know, when did you write the songs? How how long did it take you to get it all together?
1: Yeah. So it was a mammoth effort. It was a mammoth task that we very early decided we were going to do, like no matter what. Um, and we're fully independent. We don't have label support. We don't even have a manager. Like we've had had some like PR uh, that we've paid for out of our own pocket for a couple of songs uh, through just like a PR agency. But you know, anything that we've had, we've either paid for or just or just tried to do it ourselves. But very early on I think luckily there's five of us and not everyone, you know, when there's five personalities, not everyone's always going to agree. But I think we all agreed that we wanted, regardless of what we were going to get out of this band, regardless of if we were going to make it or, you know, mm-hmm. be on the festival circuit or w- whatever, um, what we wanted was that we can look back and have these body like a, these bodies of work that represent a period of our lives and of our songwriting and, 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 you know, uh, yeah. Cause personally, and I think this was the case for the whole band personally, I don't, uh, I don't know when a when a band releases an EP not, not to say that there's anything wrong with EPs either because also when there's a cost thing and when there's, you know. But I, I, I really love the, a journey of an album. There's something about it. I don't know. And often when a band releases an EP, I then look for, all right, I wonder if this stuff is also going to be on the next album they release because that's when I'm going to kind of see this stuff more fleshed out in context yeah. and around other songs and see what order they wanted these songs to be listened in. Um And so very early on, we decided that was going to happen. So we, yeah, we, we, a lot of the songs, a few of the songs were written before the band was even started. Uh, I wrote some of them when I was with my old band, the tints, um, and yeah, the tints, uh, and there was, there were some songs that I wrote when I was with them that the other guys in that band weren't, either weren't huge fans of or didn't think it was like our sound or something. And and that was songs that I loved. And that was songs that I was like, well, if this isn't our sound, then I kind of, I want this to be the sound of yeah. of the group that I'm with, which kind of that in part led to that band breaking down and then you're starting the new one. Yeah. So a few of them were written already. Some of them were very organic, like came from jam sessions or like a single riff that we just like jammed on for half an hour or something and then tried to take away and then put back together um and others I think we had the music for all of them by the time we were in any recording studio but there was there were a couple that I was writing lyrics like on the couch in the recording studio while someone was laying down guitars or keyboards and I was like oh, shit like so in, a cup, in the game. yeah I was like shit in three hours I'll be getting behind <laughs> the mic I better have I better have some lyrics for this. So, but I don't know, sometimes, sometimes I'm, I've always been a crammer and I get my best work done when the pressure's on. So I always, I back myself
0: to a fault. Another thing with the album is every song fits. They all need to be on there. Um, and they all sound like they should all be on there. You know, it's not like there's any fillers. I don't feel um, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a solid uh, record start to finish. And then, Dressed like me, which is like your latest single. Yep. that's the one I can't actually get out of my head. Like, <laughs> that's, it's nice. well, that's just, lovely to hear. But even just setting up this um this call, I'm going. Na, 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 na. <laughs> I love that track. It's a strange sort of line, you know. Dressed like me, like, yeah. what, what are you implying? Where where does the songwriting go with that one?
1: I'll be real. Half the time like the right syllables fit the chorus and then we come up with a thing and then I go, well, shit looks like I'm going to have to make all the other lyrics work to fit like a metaphorical <laughs> meaning here. And then like, I come yeah. up with the metaphor later and I think that uh, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I think it ends up working and <laughs> ends up fitting, but like half the time it's just like, while we're jamming on something, I'm am putting in placeholder lyrics, and a lot of the times, the placeholder lyrics, or at least a version of them, make it make its way into the song because it just becomes it just becomes like what what it has to be there. I don't know; it has yeah. it sounds right. Um, but it's interesting that you say that about about the first album, "Kids Be Dancin." I feel like that was an amalgamation of tunes that we were just like, "This is all the songs we have; let's do it." And then we tried to put them into an order that made it work or made it feel. Yeah like it worked like gunfight in particular, I think is very different to anything else that we've got. That's sort of like, I I think I wrote that when I was in my gang of youths phase and it was just like very much like, like serious on a piano. Whereas a lot of the other songs are very lighthearted and that's almost who we more are personality wise as a band. And I think through recording the album, through the whole process, then playing gigs with each single we released and then with the album itself, through the entire process, I think, where we have been discover- we're figuring out who we are and what sound we enjoy, uh, not that we want to box ourselves in, but we, but we know sort of what we like. And I think Dress Like Me has been, I don't know, the mixture of all of that good stuff that we love. Like, yeah. It's catchy. It's has upbeat. it been
0: building up to this song? And they- do you look at Dress Like Me and go, that's us?
1: Yeah, absolutely I do. And and we've got we've got other stuff on the way that I think complements that nicely. And eventually, eventually when we do release a second album because we will, I don't know when, I don't know. We you know, we don't have the songs yet, but we will. Like I just that's almost non-negotiable for me is like to put this <laughs> stuff into some kind of body of work. Um and when we do, I think that the stuff that we've got at the moment that's set to release over the next few months fits in that world and and I'm excited about what that is going to look
0: like. Oh, um, I'm keen to hear more of that coming through. You, you were just talking about playing piano and obviously you play guitar as well. Which one do you write more on?
1: That's really interesting. I used to only ever write on guitar and recently I almost only write on piano, even for songs yeah. that I end up playing guitar on. There's something about noodling on a piano and just finding the keys and sticking within a key or just figuring it out that I'm quite I'm kind of enjoying figuring out melodies that way that I then sort of transfer to vocals in a way I don't know it always changes though cuz sometimes I'm got it it all just comes like vocally and I've got a melody idea and then I just quickly have to rush to wherever the hell my phone is and
0: I can't play piano I have a piano but If I just hit a note and sing, it's just so much... You can find better pitch with the piano, hey? It's like perfect pitch, so if you sing to it, it always sounds a bit better. I just wish that I knew how to... (laughs) <laughs> I just knew how to do it. But, oh, uh, yeah, just,
1: just get some chords down, and you'll slowly build confidence. That's what I've done. I've literally, like, I don't know.
0: What are you, what are some of your influences? How? What's the earliest memory you've got of playing? You're saying you're playing piano at six years? Of <laughs> yeah, That's like a my long, parents long. put
1: put me in kindergarten and had me immediately doing piano lessons. <laughs> I was forced into it. Um, yeah, I was forced into it. But uh, it was actually, I think, yeah, the only the reason it was only two years of piano um, is because. I watched the movie School of Rock, which is oh, yeah. still, my still my all-time, still my all-time favorite movie. Um, and I was just like, "Wow, I want to be just like Jack Black, and Jack Black plays guitar." So, Mum, Dad, I want to learn guitar now. Yeah, it's
0: one of those movies when it's just on TV. Like, I if I just catch a glimpse of it, I have to finish it. You gotta.
1: It, it, you know that every moment, you know the re- <laughs> your next hour or so is going to be good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's such a good movie, and Jack Black is always. Yeah, Jack Black always plays the same sort of guy in most of his films, you know, but uh, it's yeah. just but he's, it's he's, the best guy.
1: Yeah, and so does Matthew McConaughey, but he won an Oscar yeah. for it, all right? So I some of my favourite actors are the guys that play themselves in every movie because the reason they're getting big acting roles is because the character they play, i.e. themselves, is a very charismatic and likeable dude. That's true. Jack Black, and, Owen Wilson, the list goes on. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, you've, you've, you've figured out the formula and yep. the reason you figured out the formula is because you do a bit of acting, right? Uh, yeah. You yeah. What cast about acting? If, what, what don't you do? I mean-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Accounting. Uh, <laughs> I don't do any, I can't do your taxes for you. Uh, don't ask me to check your prostate. I can't do any of that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I've always been a very creative person and even yeah. like uh, it, speaking of trying stuff, even, uh, for for dress like me and for our album, uh, the kids be dancing. Both those uh, cover arts were drawn by me, and I'm like I've not been I've not been you know an artist per se, but I.
0: Okay, I'm looking at this. Singing, let me yeah. have a look. <laughs> oh, yeah, I,
1: yeah, I've got you know I. So you did
0: all that yourself.
1: I got an iPad for Christmas maybe three years ago, and I downloaded yeah. one of the drawing apps, and so over the last three years, I've just been doing it for fun. And then really? when, it, when it came to doing the album art, I was like, I'm going to have a crack
0: boys. So dressed like me has a couple of <laughs> figures. I'm guessing it's you guys.
1: It's us. Yes. All dressed and as it's the Spider-Man meme. It's, you know, where Spider-Man. they're all like pointing yeah. at each yeah. other.
0: Yeah. 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 All <laughs> Spider-Man outfits. That's cool. And then kids be dancing. It's all of you standing at the Buffalo paradise sign on the beach.
1: Looking out at Buffalo paradise and all the Buffalo, are, are having a great time at, at, the, at the beach. <laughs>
0: Boy, the thing I love about you know you and the band, it's like it's a very fun vibe. You watch the music videos, a lot of fun. Is that is that what you, you you're looking for, or is that just genuinely you guys? And it just is just how it's displayed. You know,
1: there's never been a band meeting about how we want to brand ourselves. It's it's we've yeah. just done we've done Good. what we've done what we enjoy doing. Um, and like I remember for that first music video, Gus, our lead guitarist, who I sort of formed the band with, he's one of my best mates. Um, he, he just had this vision of us like in red, hot red short shorts. And from that point on, it was like, all right, now what the hell are we going to do with that? He was just like, I'll just see us there. Originally there was going to be some like fitness routine or something. And then, I don't know, we ended up like yeah. coming up with this idea that it's all of us like meeting up at at the beach, which is Buffalo Paradise, and we've all come from our day jobs or whatever. So, at the start, we all arrive in like our suits and throw away our briefcases and all that stuff. And then, um, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I will because it's only a three-minute song, so it's not like it's a it's not as Martin Scorsese film, um, but. It's it's all it all it's all a dream, and we wake up, and the camera pans upwards, and we wake up, and we're all piled on top of each other, asleep in the office, and it's 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 exactly what that song is is meant to be about, really. <laughs> Just getting away dream from it all.
0: Band of- Yeah, dreaming of being on Buffalo Paradise. Yeah,
1: I must also, I must give a shout out to Joel Ludeman who his Instagram and his whole like production company is called Mustard Lover Productions. He's just one of our great mates and he's a professional um, filmmaker and director and cinematographer and all three of our music videos he directed and helped us in coming Mm -hmm. up with the, the concept. So he's sort of, he's, I consider him the sixth member of the band. Like he just fits in with the rest of us. He's on the same page. He, he, the, the sort of films he makes are like comedy films. So already it was like, all right, we got, we got, we know what we're, you know, you know, we, we got someone who, yeah. who gets it a little bit. Um, someone
0: on the same page and, um, and someone that can do a really good job of it. Mm, totally um, If you, if someone was to come up to you and say, Lockie, you can only have one. You can be a huge rock star in Buffalo Paradise or you can be a huge Hollywood star. Oh.
1: Which one would you do? Oh, a huge rock star with Buffalo Paradise every day of the week. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm so, like, I've sort of taken a bit of a backseat on the acting stuff over the past couple of years. I sort of fell a bit out of love with it and I sort of, you know, I haven't really been doing it lately um yeah and but the my love for making music has never has never waned so definitely uh, yeah definitely i'm definitely touring the world with buffalo paradise and <laughs> yes
0: you <don't> have <laughs> yeah. to take me out on tour as well i can just play like acoustic i can open the show out the front of the stadium or something we'll take it <laughs> so- sean we will absolutely take it Hey, anything you want to give a give a plug to? You obviously got your podcast. You've got a rugby league one, don't you? I do. Yeah
1: it's it's sort of yeah. it's sort of becoming more of a sport in general one it, because
0: it, of uh, the team you. Support. No,
1: not because of the team I support, but because we found that we were going too niche and yeah. doing the same thing that every other nrl show does like the podcast basically became nrl 360 except it's two guys who don't have any inside information at all and haven't watched all the games on the weekend so it was just like well (laughs) what value are we giving to people so we're trying to lean a bit more into the fact that we know a bit about sport but are not like you know Involved in it, um, we're not like trying to pretend anymore, um, and and you know we also have a love for a lot of other sports as well. So we're trying to just make it a bit more fun, a bit more open to to people jumping on. Yep. That, that one's called playing and simple. It used to the old the old version used to be called they talk a good game, but we've changed it up again. Playing and simple,
0: and then you got the acting one.
1: Yes, it's 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 sort of a it's sort of a comedy film podcast. It's called cast pod the casting podcast. Um, and what what we do on that one is we we get a couple of guests, whether they're from the arts world, whatever whatever it is, actors, musos, uh, even models have come on the show, blah, blah. Um, and we randomly generate 10 actors and then we come up with, we make up the plot of a movie that those 10 actors would all hypothetically <laughs> star in together. Okay. So it's 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 very creative. Every single yeah. episode we've ever done, we've made up the plot of a movie. Some of them are absolute Incredible. crap, but some of them I'm pretty proud of.
0: If there's one that you're really proud of, one that you really dig, are you going to go further with it? Give the script to someone or give the idea to someone? I know. Well, I've got
1: I've got uh, a sort of a friend of a friend who's a screenwriter with Stan, and I've been trying I've been trying desperately to line up to get him to come on the podcast so that yeah. he can a you know, get invested on his own, come up with something awesome and then also maybe be inspired to go and listen to the other episodes and write something off the back of that.
0: <laughs> that sounds good.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I don't want to write it. I just want to be more of an executive producer type figure, just big picture. Yep. You know, my work was done in the podcast, just, just coming up with big plot points.
0: I have sort of like a movie in my head once or twice before in my life and just thought – I wonder what would happen with that. And then I've gone and seen a movie and I've been like, oh, no, no, no. I've watched the movie from like the 80s. And I'm like, oh, that's where I got the concept. I just <laughs> ripped it. I just completely oh, no. ripped it and forgot we, that I saw if you, it.
1: If you, yeah, you'll find that most of, most of our ideas are just ripoffs of other things that we change slightly. It's like, <laughs> it's, like it's the Santa Claus. Uh, except instead of Tim Allen, it's Seth Rogen. And then we just run with that. And it's like, well, we didn't do anything just then. We just did the same movie, but it's Seth Rogen instead because that's who we got in the random generator. So it's just like, it's it's just silly and it's a, it's a fun laugh. But every now and then there's a
0: really good idea and there are a handful. <laughs> okay. Lockie, thank you so much. Jumping on the Street Press podcast today, we covered plenty of stuff. It's really cool to, um, to hear about you. You know, you're doing so well in radio and uh doing so so well with the band as well it's uh it's always good to to see it and and to sit there from afar being instagram and just being able to go <laughs> Lockie's di- Lockie's kicking ass it's really good i'm
1: a big i'm a big instagram like um uh, i'm just always plugging my own shit so i mean i feel like half the stories you that i've post- you got to you got to you got to you be have to. You, know, you have to uh, i agree and so <laughs> sometimes i'm like oh shit like i'm um, yesterday i was posting about one podcast t- so today i'm posting about another <laughs> podcast and then We're also dropping a single on Friday. So I'm like, well, this is going to be an annoying week, but whatever. I don't give a fuck. (laughs)
0: There he is, Lockie Pringle, the lead singer of Buffalo Paradise. You can also catch him on the Triple M in Sydney. Lovely fella and a tiger's tragic. And that's why I like him so much. We We are trying to get through this thing. Thick and thin. Anyone else out there that might be a West Tigers fan, you know my pain. All right, it's time for this. Yeah, this is the segment called Letters. You can write on into the show. Go to thestreetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters. You write it. I'll read it out. This one's from Juan Mira. He says, I want to translate the Ritzy Kids' Dark Blue Sky in Japanese. So I want you to put the lyrics in the summary column. Juan. How good that you've stumbled upon the, the kids. And uh, I thought I put the lyrics up, but uh, apparently not. I'll have to uh, get onto that, upload them. Thanks for listening all the way from Japan. It's very cool. Um, tell all your friends about us, and uh, and then hopefully we can tour Japan. Thank you, Juan. I'll leave you with that. <laughs> uh, also, hey. We've got this EP. It's almost ready. We're just putting the final touches on it before it gets mixed and mastered. We're thinking June. I think it might be released in June. So uh, sit tight if you're waiting out for that. And if you want to become a member of the Street Press Podcast, support the podcast that supports the artists. you can go to thestreetpresspodcast.com. Sign on up for $4 a month. You can get discounts on merchandise. You can ask a question to upcoming guests and you can Get your name in the draw to win prizes. We've already given away tickets to gigs. We've given away merch bundles and another merch bundle this week. But this week is a Ritzy Kids merch bundle. It's a stubby cooler, a T-shirt, and a CD as well. So if you want to support the podcast, don't forget, podcasts will always be free. Next week, we're going to have someone else on the show from the industry. Until then, have a great week. ta